The presidential motorcade had just passed through heavy crowds in downtown Dallas and was circling through the fringes of the business district when three shots suddenly rang out. Destroying the media lies and dismantling the narratives. One story at a time. It's the Adrian Slate Show. Well, it looks like somebody else has got a podcast. I mean, hell, everybody's got a podcast. Even I got one. <laughs> but we have a new entry into the podcast kingdom, and that is Chelsea Clinton. <laughs> oh, yeah, everybody's dog-faced pony soldier is back. Um, this is from The Hill. The former first daughter will host In Fact with Chelsea Clinton starting April 13th with iHeartMedia. The weekly show uh, will seek to pull back the curtain on some of the biggest public health challenges of our time. Um, maybe she's going to talk about diarrhea. In fact, I think the show is called Cannot Fart With Confidence, The Diarrhea Diaries. <laughs> Because back in the day, when she was at South by Southwest, she told this to a, uh, a really on-the-edge-of-their-seat crowd. You need a little water. I do need some water. Yeah, that's all right. It's clean water. I'm sure it's clean water. That's, uh, that's a good thing. It's not, not, not available everywhere in the world. Not available everywhere in the world. It's something that we are lucky enough to take for granted here. It's true. Um, we, do, we do take it for so granted. So does that mean you're going to let me talk about childhood diarrhea? We go right so. to the bathroom, huh? I think right so. to the toilet talk. All right, go um, ahead. Well, you, you, go ahead. Yeah, okay, thank you, Bob. So I'm obsessed with diarrhea. And I, I will find like quite specious ways to be able to talk about diarrhea. Um, and you're not all going to be laughing by the time I finish because you're also going to realize how serious it is. Yeah, she's obsessed with diarrhea. Huffington Post said, Whoa, did we just learn way too much about the former first daughter? Chelsea Clinton sat down and with a chat by South by Southwest Festival in Austin, Texas, and wasted no time beating around the bush. Well, apparently, uh, episode one is going to be called Eat a Vegetable. And uh, she actually got paid 75 grand per speech. Times last year took note that Chelsea Clinton gets about 75000 or as much as $75,000 a speech for speaking on subjects like diarrhea, which is a subject she, she says she's passionate about. She got paid 75 grand per speech for this explosive topic. I'd say that's diarrhea of the mouth. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the weekly show, pulling back the curtain on some of the biggest public health challenges of our time. Um, it'll be sponsored by Emodium. Um, episode two, She Who Smelt It podcasted it. So, yeah, Chelsea Clinton doing a new podcast. And, I mean, you know, what is up with all of these presidential children, presidential offspring. You know, we've got Hunter Biden out there. He's uh, keeping his sobriety in check by uh, using the venom of a poisonous toad for a year. So that's keeping him from digging in the carpet, finding that uh, Parmesan Romano mix from Olive Garden to bone up on. Um, yeah, he is actually <laughs> on record as saying that... Uh, he used the toad, the, the venom of a toad, to keep his sobriety in check. And he's also admitted that, yeah, he smoked Parmesan cheese while looking for crack. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I spent more time on my hands and knees 
picking through rugs, um, smoking anything that even remotely resembled crack cocaine. I probably smoked more Parmesan cheese than anyone... Anyone that you know, I'm sure, Tracy. <laughs> yeah, Hunter Biden digging through the shag carpet looking for that Parmesan cheese that is oh so tasty, especially when you put it in a, uh, a pipe and uh, smoke it up. Uh, he is the Billy Carter of Roger Clinton's. <laughs> I mean, Roger Clinton got busted with a DUI. I mean, that guy was a train wreck. He was up there. Uh, I don't think he was playing the saxophone like his brother, you know, the, the old president, Bill Clinton. Um, but he, uh, he definitely had his share of escapades. But Hunter Biden said a psychedelic toad venom kept him sober for a year, according to the Washington Examiner. This guy has gotten away with a ton. And uh, we've only scratched the toad surface. In fact, speaking of scratching the surface, I think Hunter Biden is actually going to dip his little... Uh, stripper baby making thing into the podcast world i think he's got a podcast on cooking with cheese his first guest is gonna be mary and barry from what i hear <laughs> they're gonna be cooking with parmesan but let's circle back to the princess of incontinence podcast chelsea clinton i hear uh from zippy the jackal monkey that jerry nadler is gonna be the co-host and i think eric swalwell otherwise known as eric shartwell he is going to be the Andy Richter, Ed McMahon of Chelsea's podcast. She an election. She an election. She an election. Yeah, that's Eric Swalwell ripping open a bag of Ruffles potato chips with his rusty sheriff's badge. Just right there on camera. Just letting it rip. And, you know, I wanted to start out the show with a little bit of humor, a little bit of a lightheartedness uh, to it, because the last few episodes have been kind of heavy. Some of it got into technical weeds of conservatism. Some of it got into the heaviness of what we're dealing with. And there's a lot of heaviness in the news right now, especially with Joe Biden talking about doing some gun control executive order and things that are going on with corporate America imposing its will upon us. So let's start off with a little bit of humor, and then we'll get in to the crazy seriousness of the week. One bit of breaking news is that Beijing now replaces New York City as the home of most millionaires. Look at that. China's doing very well. They did very well through the whole COVID-19 shutdown. Remember, they only shut down once. They gave us videos of people falling in the streets, Lysol trucks going around. Doctors that just disappeared, that were outspoken against uh, measures that were being taken and information that was being sent out through the WHO. And then America took a couple lockdowns, did it for a whole year to where New Year's Eve came around. And they're in Beijing, they're in Wuhan doing a rave on New Year's Eve. And it's not even their New Year's. They have a Chinese New Year that they celebrate. But, you know. That's where we are. And there's a lot of corporations that are being bought into the whole China influence. And remember, Democrats are so beholden to China that they have to push their agenda into everything you watch and see. Everything Democrats touch turns to crap. I mean, look what's happening with Major League Baseball right now. 
turning to crap. You don't even want to watch it. Same thing that happened with NFL. You know, they've made it all woke. They had to, because this is where you go to escape. You want to find places that you just want to be left alone. You want to enjoy things outside of everyday life. You know, you've got your work, you've got your uh, stresses with bills and stresses with news and things, and you just want a good place to go. Or maybe you and your family can just enjoy a hot dog, some apple pie, a couple brewskis, and you can just check out and just focus on the game, which really is inconsequential to your everyday life, even though you want a certain team to win. But they did it with MLB. And now woke corporations are doing it with their own products like Coca-Cola and down the line. You know, the, the American Music Awards is coming up and they want to portray it as this music event that looks like you know, the 1970s June Carter variety shows, just with some awards, all American country music. Nah, it's going to be filled with wokeism. It's going to be filled with leftist talking points and different presenters and hosts that want to get up there and push the left agenda because you're just not woke enough. You're just not someone who is aware of the faux racism in the world. You're not aware of the plight of the LGBTQRS, whatever. You're not aware of the injustices of the world that need to be righted. You're not aware of the fact that uh, George Floyd was basically screaming he couldn't breathe before he was put in the cop car because he was doped up on all types of fentanyl. But see, this is where they go to chase you into your escapism. And corporations are on board now because they're beholden to China. And China carries the Democrat agenda. China wants the global government. China wants uh, their dominance to be first and foremost, which means we have to cede our sovereignty. And that's why they're mad at Brazil. That's why they're mad at Poland. Because those countries have sovereignist leaders, leaders that appreciate the sovereignty of the nation that they love and that they run. So when we get into the other side of the break, we're going to get into some serious wokeism by corporations, but we're also going to show how hypocritical they really are. Back in a moment. This is Adrian Slade. Does it make you crazy when you hear someone like Donald Trump Jr. saying that the only reason he does is because he's a Biden <laughs> and because of his last name <laughs> and how just wildly comical that is i mean does it it is wildly comical is that that's putting it um uh, lightly i think but but you know i really what i've learned is this is that i don't spend too much time thinking about that. i do i think about it all the time <laughs> yeah. i'll think about it for you well maybe that's why because i have other people to think about it for me i have other people to think about it for do you me. know donald yeah. trump jr no you've no. never met him no not that i know of not that i know of. But yeah. I, but I've been, you say not that i know some of. pretty pretty rough place yeah he doesn't think he knows donald trump jr i think he doesn't remember the last 25 years he probably doesn't remember leaving that uh crack pipe sitting on the rental truck but uh he doesn't even remember whether or not the laptop that has been found was his was that your laptop? For real, I don't know. I know, but, but you know that's is, this is. I really a, don't know. Okay. the answer is that's you don't know yes or no if the laptop. I don't have was any yours. idea. I have no idea. So could have been yours. Of course, certainly, it, 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 there could be a laptop out there that was stolen from me. There could be that I was hacked. It could be that it was the that it was Russian intelligence. It could be that it was stolen from me. Yeah, it could be Russian intelligence. Could be that it was stolen. I don't know. Maybe it was the laptop. Maybe it wasn't. 
Oh, wait, it was. From the Daily Mail exclusive, what wasn't in Hunter Biden's book, how he got unauthorized Secret Service protection, begged Joe to run for, for the White House to salvage his own reputation, and made porn films with prostitutes. Forensic experts prove the laptop is the president's son. So Hunter Biden's tell-all autobiography promised to unvarnish uh, to promise the unvarnished story of his struggles with drugs and family turmoil and digging out Parmesan cheese to smoke in carpets and his controversial love life, which consists of uh, his ex, his brother's ex, who he married, uh, a stripper who he had a baby with. All of that happened pretty recently. But there were many shocking details of his debauched life that the president's son chose not to share with readers, including details of his fragile relationship with his father. <laughs> all from the UK Daily Mail. So um, he begged his father to run for president in 2019 to salvage his own reputation. He uh, repeatedly dodged police action against him, despite constantly dealing with drug pushers and prostitutes and having multiple run-ins with law enforcement. He was guarded by a Secret Service agent while on a 2018 drug and prostitute binge in Hollywood, despite not being entitled to protection at a time and amid denials of federal agency. And Joe Biden was afraid his text conversations with Hunter were being hacked, even though they, were, they discussed his White House bid. And Hunter, Hunter's laptop is brimming with evidence of apparent criminal activity by Hunter and his associates, including drug trafficking and prostitution. Now, it may not be the, the uh, trafficking that Matt Gates is under scrutiny of, which we may talk about if we have time, because I think there's a big story there. But his trafficking, eh, it's a-okay. Man, you should see him with some of these, uh, these voluptuous, curvy prostitutes. <laughs> Hunter Biden's laptop brimming with evidence. He left his MacBook Pro laptop at a Wilmington, Delaware computer repair shop back in 2019 and never returned for it. The report said that his data that appeared to be authentic on the hard drive and that after an extensive search of its contents for any telltale signs of tampering, Merriman and Greenfield found no evidence of fabrication by Russians or anyone else. And uh, Merriman and uh, Greenfield... They were the reporters that dug into this whole thing. Hunter Biden's laptop is a Pandora's box of shocking revelations, explicit photos, and intimate communications. In the following days, the Daily Mail will publish more shocking stories from Hunter Biden's laptop, including how Hunter Biden blew hundreds of thousands on prostitutes, drugs, luxury cars, leaving them scrambling to avoid jail for 320000 in unpaid taxes, how five family members of the Biden family have been able to rehab for drug and alcohol abuse, and a stunning admission by Joe to his son, other Biden family members planning to buy and cook crack after falling uh, into the disastrous addiction with Hunter, Hunter's unconventional and unlikely relationship with his, his well-known psychiatrist, and the whispered bedroom conversation with a prostitute caught on Hunter's webcam, in which he confesses he had a previously laptop stolen by Russians for blackmail. Um, maybe he'll talk about banging out Chris Coon's underage daughter. I don't know. You know, we're going to talk about Matt Gates and, and trafficking a woman who became 18 six months before the investigation. But, you know, Hunter Biden, it's quite okay to just let this go uh, under the Parmesan-encrusted rug. But, you know, 
this is what the New York Post wasn't allowed to post on social media because social media companies and big corporations, which we're going to get into in a little bit, have been on the Democrat side to force you into vaccination passports, force you into not being able to see the truth, force you into all types of coercion. By the way, I hope you enjoyed the uh, Hall uh, special effects on for the voice that clicked on my mixer there. But anyways, so uh, Hunter Biden living the high life, blew tens of thousands on prostitutes, drugs, luxury cars, was desperate to avoid jail for 320000 in unpaid taxes, and threatened to take money from his daughter's college fund. That's right. His wild spending left him with huge credit card debts. Uh, there's pictures, documents, emails, texts obtained by Daily Mail from Hunter's laptop. Um, they even Biden even threatened to take 20000 out of his daughter's education savings account. And in April 2017, Rosemont Seneca, the vice president of that company, for which Hunter Biden was working as an energy czar CEO, getting paid 50000 a month when he knows nothing about, and it's a Ukrainian energy company, and he knows nothing about Ukraine, can't speak the language, doesn't know anything about energy, but he's on the board making all that cheddar, and he faced a total bill of 476231 including 60000 on three credit cards and 132000 uh, or 320000 I'm sorry, in unpaid federal taxes. Of course, we've got the firefighters in the news media, like Chris Hayes from uh, MSNBC saying, so, like, did we ever find out the actual deal with the Hunter laptop? I mean, maybe the wildly improbability, uh, improbably story was that it was true, <laughs> or maybe it was a cover story for a hack. But do we know? Um, I think it's going to take a journalist to look into that, Mr. Hayes. I mean, I don't know if it's as important as doxing a forklift driver who made a meme of a CNN logo being body slammed by former President Trump, but there might be a story here. And of course, the news media is not going to allow us to see this story because they're all in on it. The news media, big tech, they're all in on squashing anything related to Hunter Biden, but they are for amplifying Black Lives Matter. And thank goodness we have an industry looking to raise social awareness. We're having the conversation. You know, well, they always say we have to have the conversation. Well, I guess we had the conversation as we burned down auto zones and shot and killed former police chiefs, uh, you know, as security guards. Um, but then we learned a nice little revelation over the weekend Black Lives founder buys $1.4 million home in Topanga, which has a black population of 1.4%. Jason Whit Whitlock from Outkick said she's with her people. Yeah, you know, your church actually marched with these Marxists. Your youth pastor posted an Instagram square. You know, the guy who's heading up your mega church rock show. Yeah, he posted that little black square. I put a black square on my Instagram. Why are you not on my side? He's showing solidarity, and this is what happens. Yeah, not only did she get a $1.5 million house in a predominantly white neighborhood, but Patrice Colors, she actually bought not one, but four high-end homes and then eyed property in the Bahamas. I mean, hey... 
social justice warrior capitalism at its fullest display. I mean, how can you sit there and rail against capitalism, turn around running an NGO and banking all that money and then, and, you know, running it like a money laundering scheme so that you can buy a $1.5 million house in a white neighborhood? You are a freaking hack. You're a fraud. But that's what they do. They think about all the different corporations that have corporate philanthropy. Think about all of the non-governmental organizations out there. You know, everybody's going to start their nonprofit. Can we have some oversight on nonprofit? Because I know Elliot Spitzer, before he was banging out uh, number seven, you know, hooker number seven, he was head of the attorney general's office in New York City, and he blasted a bunch of Republican uh, nonprofit organizations looking into impropriety there, but we're not looking into impropriety with nonprofit organizations as of now, and that's what they do. Bill Clinton's going to run money through his Clinton Foundation and then pocket a big chunk of it, buy all types of great stuff, do, do kickbacks and what have you. Bill and Melinda Gates are running their foundation and they're they're helping the world out there, right? You know, they're all frauds because they use that for other means. And, you know, the companies are now getting in on the action of weaponizing their influence and their abilities. There's one company that's not going to be against your inherent natural rights. They're not going to be weaponized anymore, even though their mission statement called for it. And that is Good Pillow. Yes, Good Pillow. That is the pillow company started by David Hogg, right? The grifter who made his name known off of the backs of his dead students in Parkland, well, he decided he was going to take on Mike Lindell. And what I thought was funny was Greg Price had a really good uh, take on this. Um, Because what's happened is the Good Pillow Company that David Hogg wanted to start, that he was going to use for social justice, and it was going to be the company that does not overthrow the government, That's going to be the pillow company, the pillow that does not overthrow the government. Um, He decided he was stepping down after two months. They haven't even started. I don't think they have a prototype out. (laughs) And so Greg Price said, so a crack addict figured out how to make a a successful pillow company, but not a Harvard student because Mike Lindell, go through his history, go through his story. It's amazing. The guy was smoking so much crack that crack dealers didn't want to sell to him because they thought he was smoking too much of it. Um, he ended up cleaning up his life, giving his life to the Lord, makes the pillow, the my pillow, and it goes gangbusters. And now he's loaded. And just because he wanted to look into obvious improprieties, down ballot elections that don't match what the uh, what the top of the ballot lost over, you know, all the Republican down ballots won, but for some reason the Republican president lost. I don't know. They sent everybody home at night so that we couldn't even count. Uh, he wanted to look into that, and so now everybody wants to go after him. Cat Turd had this uh, great tweet. said, David Hogg bragged about how he was going to dominate my pillow with his new company, put them out of business, and show them how it's done. Two weeks later, he quits. That's liberalism in a nutshell. Big talk, all emotions, produce nothing, no skills, quit, more big talk. And that's what has happened with, with uh, David Hogg and Good Pillow. He put up this tweet a couple weeks ago, a very spontaneous interaction over Twitter between me and William Legate. We call him Pepperoni Areolas. <laughs> he, 
he is still mad about a picture of him when he was young with his shirt off. And he's got these like big pepperoni looking areolas. I'm sorry. Anyways, um, he said it led us to start a progressive pillow company. Um, the goal was and still is to create a great pillow that is sustainably produced in a domestic unionized factory and have a percentage of these profits benefit progressive social causes. Uh, we were met with immediate and overwhelming support, but soon I realized that given my activism, schoolwork, and family commitments, I could not give 100% to being a full-time founder of Good Pillow. So after many discussions with William and my friends and family and mentors, I made the good faith decision to allow William to bring our vision to life without me. That vision remains an ethical company that produces products that people need while creating good union paying jobs and supporting social causes at the same time. I am incredibly appreciative of those family and friends who have reached out to support me and thankful for those who supported me in that vision. Effective immediately, I have resigned all released and released all my shares, any ownership and any control of Good Pillow LLC. I want to thank William for his partnership and wish him absolutely nothing but success with the future of Good Pillow. The reasons for my departure rest entirely with me and my own personal commitments, and I truly wish Will nothing but the best. So, uh, yeah, old Will Pepperoni Areola is going to have to go it alone on this one. He's going to have to fly Good Pillow solo. But, you know, these companies, gosh, he's such a hack. I mean, the guy, he couldn't even get the damn pillow company off the ground, and he's already calling it quits. But these companies are weaponizing everything against you. We have, we have an actual volcano erupting in St. Vincent and the cruise ships that are down there to help out those that need to flee the island because, I mean, they were going to burn. They actually are only going to take those vaccinated for the coronavirus. Listen to this. On the Caribbean island of St. Vincent, after the first volcanic eruption there in more than 40 years, the volcano sent a thick cloud of smoke 20,000 feet into the sky, spewing ash for miles. Cruise ships are evacuating people from the island, but only those vaccinated against COVID. You literally want grandma to fry. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. And the, I mean, these companies are going to virtue signal and hold your freedoms at, at bay because they want you to do what their woke, their CEOs, the, the, the new CEOs woke stances, what they want those stances to be. It's amazing. The Georgia bill in and of itself is indication of that. What's happening in Georgia, they're trying to clean up for voter integrity Coca-Cola says that it's a step backwards. It's unacceptable. And then we've got Texas doing the same, trying to clean up voter rolls. Fort Worth-based American Airlines has come out against voting legislation passed by the Texas Senate to make Americans' stance clear. We are strongly opposed to this bill and others like it. And Delta Airlines condemned the extreme voter suppression in the bill that Georgia put out, but their opposition came too late. Texas-based American Airlines and Southwest Air and others call for what is a naked attempt to suppress the votes of marginalized Texans and Georgians. So what exactly happened with the Georgia law that has really caused all these uh, companies to go woke? Well, let's take a look and see, because it really doesn't seem like it's all that bad. 
But, you know, we're going to have to virtue signal. And the thing that really gets me the, the maddest over this whole thing is the fact that MLB pulled its game from Atlanta. It's all-star game. And they did this because they wanted to show that the Georgia law is uh, repressive and it's, it's, and it's racist. Um, here's what the voter law actually says or here's from Fox News talking about the law. Among the most high-profile provisions of the controversial new Georgia election law is a change in how the state verifies the identity of voters and who request and cast absentee ballots. The change eliminates signature matching, a process that can be subjective at times, as the method of confirming absentee voters' identities. Instead, if voters have driver's license numbers, state ID numbers, they're required to use those to verify who they are. This change has been criticized by many as a likely effort to make it more difficult for Georgians, specifically minorities who are more likely to vote Democrat, to vote by mail. The new bill in Georgia is not about showing ID to vote, Atlantic writer Jamel Hill wrote. She's that woke uh, leftist who used to work at ESPN. Republicans are salty. The state went blue and they resent that or they, they resent that their power was taken away by black voters. They want to rig the game that they're too lazy to come up with new, a new vision and to compete for votes. Um, previously, the Georgia's law required voters to simply sign their absentee ballot applications. Now they have to provide the number from a driver's license or an equivalent state-issued ID. Under the new Georgia law, Georgia voters who don't have voter IDs are still provided with a menu of options to confirm their identity when requesting an absentee ballot. I mean, they can do a government check. They can do a bank statement, a paycheck, a utility bill, social security number, another, any government document with their name and address on it. And uh, yeah, that was just a bridge too far. But Stacey Abrams apparently put the pressure on uh, MLB to leave. And now <laughs> it kind of blew up in their face because the Daily Wire reports Georgia County that voted for Biden to lose more than 100-plus million over MLB relocating the game after Biden's remarks. So the Georgia County that was set to host the 2020 Major League Baseball All-Star Game said over the weekend that it will lose more than $100 million after the league pulled its game and draft out of the state. Now, Stacey Abrams is now backpedaling and saying, well, you know, I talked to them beforehand, and they wanted to leave on their own. Um, yeah, I don't buy that at all. Um and now there's Jake Tapper was out there saying, well, you know, I th- maybe it's the players that wanted to leave. One of the players, one of the former players, uh, Curtis, Curtis Grandinson, uh, he actually was being interviewed about this. And this is what he said about it. Do you think players would have boycotted the All-Star game? Do you think players would have refused to play had it been in Georgia? I think people have to realize and remember that players are more than just players. Although there's a lot of young players right now, some in their 20s, their parents, their grandparents, especially from the state of Georgia, were there during the civil rights movement, were fighting for the right to be able to vote. So beads very similar to other citizens. So if you really take a pulse and look at that side of things and go, okay, I'm a young ball player getting a chance to ultimately play in my first all-star game in this great city of Atlanta in the great state of Georgia, And my parents and my grandparents were going through these different things and these battles to give me the rights to be here, to be on this stage with everybody. A place where Hank Aaron got a chance to play one of the greats in this game. It makes it very difficult for some of those guys to go ahead and make the decision to say with everything that's happening, 
I'm going to go ahead and take the legacy for my family and step on the field for this game. So from that side of it, it was those messages that needed to come across to be understood. And look, that would have been a big deal. I mean, that's something that had to weigh on Rob Merford. It's a big deal if five, six, seven, maybe more players don't show up to the All-Star game. And baseball's All-Star game. This is, you know, this is the All-Star game. It's different than other sports there. Uh, okay. Sorry, Curtis. This isn't the Jackie Robinson moment you're looking for, okay? This is, all they're doing is trying to clean up voter integrity. And you had one individual say something to the effect about, oh, well, you know, can they even tell which number to use on the ID? Seriously? That is their biggest issue. That they're seeing that, well, you know, black people don't have ID. And then if they do have ID, they're not going to use the right number because I guess they're stupid. I guess they're, I guess they're idiots that don't take it upon themselves to get a driver's license. One of the arguments used to be, well, you know, they they live in these rural places and they can't get an ID from the DMV because they'd have to go into town. Um, we have a place not too far out from us over the border in North Carolina that does that. And guess what? They actually bus a DMV in once a week. And you can schedule a time to go get an ID. And in Virginia, the forms of identification, I mean, you use a college ID, a state-issued ID. You can, I mean, it's wide open as far as what you can use for voter ID. But you've got all these woke corporations. J.P. Morgan Chase is saying companies need to call to be policymakers. Listen to more from, uh, from Curtis on, on this whole thing. What's your specific or what are your issues with the Georgia voting law specifically? Well, I think when you look at a couple of the different things in there, I know a lot has been made about the IDs and the food and the water, but particularly with the food and the water, the Miami Marlins, for example, them as an organization did that effort during the November election. They went out into the community as a team, as an organization to provide food and water to those in need. As you can know, being out in Miami, possibly during that time in that heat, some of our elderly coming from some of these communities of color, being able to make sure they stay hydrated, to make sure there's no issues, especially when you look at the statistics in terms of the wait times, typically for people of color. On average, when you're a non-black you know, person, your wait time to get a chance to vote is about five to 10 minutes. But when you're looking at a lot of the individuals of color, their wait times can be excessive over an hour. And if you've been to Florida, you've seen the humidity, you've felt it, you've been out there, and to be able to wait in line in some of those times can be challenging and also can be a, a hindrance for you to get an opportunity to vote. Now we also add in a bunch of the other different things, the elimination of the mobilization to be able to bring voting opportunities to those that make it very challenging to be able to go ahead and vote, to be able to step in and ultimately change who's ultimately counting the votes in these certain situations. So it's certain things like that that I think a lot of people are overlooking in these situations. And when you see it historically, it's always disproportionately with people of color. Okay, so now he's saying, because the big argument was, well, they can't get water. You know, we're not going to have light hors d'oeuvres in the line. You know, they're not going to be able to pass out water. What it is, is they're trying to say from a certain point, which is the, I mean, this is in every polling station, you can't go past and interact with the person, the voter, because you could be electioneering. You could be trying to influence the vote. And people were doing barbecues out in the parking lot, passing out water. But they were also trying to, hey, you know, why don't you vote for my guy? You could do that up to a point, but at a certain point in the line, you have to leave the voter alone. And that's what they're trying to say. Well, you know, it's hot and people are they are dying of thirst out there and they're going to shrivel up like a prune. Um, here's the thing. When he's talking about 
it being hot. He's talking about Florida. Now, Georgia is right close to Florida. It's a neighboring state. But it also takes you a good uh, 12 hours to drive through that state to get to Miami. And the temperatures down there are extremely hot, even during the wintertime. So I can see that. But in November in Georgia, yeah, you might get some hot days. But overall, it's kind of cool. And I don't think that's going to be an issue. But, you know, this is the thing. I mean, Miami is way hotter. And uh, to say black people won't are going to wait longer for voting, I don't understand where that even comes from. I don't know how that's a, you're getting that black people are going to wait longer to vote. It's insane. But a good 200-plus companies have now said that they are going to uh, bail out because of everything that's going on in uh, in Georgia. So the pressure is on. All these companies are out there pressuring Georgia, pressuring legislation. You know what? You can pressure legislation by voting. Vote for different representatives. But you know what? If the people have representatives voting on their behalf, which I know a lot of times that's not the case, we'd like it to be, um, then those kind of things are going to facilitate itself on its own. But to have a company come in and say, well, we're just going to pull our games out or we're just going to shut down our bottling center. I don't see CNN leaving Atlanta, you know, but um, it's going to have it's going to have wide consequences because you're now weaponizing your company against (laughs) your customers because of, of the fact that you don't like the fact that they voted in someone who is going to, I don't know. Maybe clean up the voter rolls. Maybe clean up the election process. It's funny. MLB was relocating their game, and they relocated it to Coors Field in Denver. Um, Amber Anthony's, uh, Anthony said, uh, wait until they find out that Coors Brewing Company, owner of Coors Field, Joseph Coors, was a Barry Goldwater supporter and helped start the Heritage Foundation. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's insane. But some 200-plus companies are now pulling... Uh, the same kind of thing as MLB and everyone else. They want to now weaponize their company's stances. They want to be able to dictate what you do or what you want to vote for by using their influence. Um, from CNN, the U.S. is entering a weird place where even some big money execs The kinds of people who usually build big businesses by doing everything they can to avoid paying federal taxes agree that the government needs to raise funds. Um, Yeah, so you're now seeing woke companies pushing for bigger taxes. Jeff Bezos from Amazon saying, yeah, you can raise taxes on corporations. We should pay more. Yeah, that's because you're using the power of the government to be weaponized and destroy other businesses. And Major League Baseball has looked at, I mean, there's a couple states that are looking at pulling out their antitrust exemption. Back in the day, they received what was back in 1922, the decision between Federal Baseball Club and National League, um, 259 U.S. 200. That decision in which the Supreme Court ruled that federal antitrust laws do not apply to baseball because in the mind of Justice Oliver Wendell Holmes, and it was a horrible decision, Eight other justices jumped on board. The business is giving exhibitions of baseball, not interstate commerce. But they're thinking about pulling that. And rightfully so, they should pull that and have competing leagues. But, you know, 
It's it's crazy. You've got all these companies. Coca-Cola wants to leave. It's funny how Coca-Cola wants to side with the Democrats who want to tax soda into oblivion. Of course, Delta said they wanted to leave. Funny how Delta wants to side with the Democrats when they want to eliminate their business model over carbon footprints. Uber was involved. Funny how Uber wants to side with the Democrats when they when the Democrats want to ruin their business model by unionizing their industry while forcing independent contractor relationships with their company into W-2 employees and union, unionizing them. Estee Lauder wants to back it. Funny how Estee Lauder wants to back the Democrats when they were targeted by the Democrat activist groups such as PETA over claims that they test products on animals in inhumane ways. Funny how Dow Chemical, who's also in on this, they want to side with the Democrats when the party they support attacks them with special interest activist terror cells such as Greenpeace. Woke corporations best realize that we won't be there supporting them anymore when the leftists come with their pitchforks and torches. So when they come for the Atlanta Braves mascot, we're not going to care anymore. Same with the Cleveland Indians. I mean, 200 plus companies all wanting in on minimizing your vote. I mean, those who believe conservatives were ideologically married to big corporations are tied to the caricature crafted in the 1980s. These corporations are not your friends. Stop acting as though private businesses are conducting themselves in good faith and by free markets. The GOP made a mistake of bailing out businesses in 2007. While I vehemently disagreed with the bank bailouts, at least they returned the money at, so, at a certain point. But going to GM and, and all these other companies and bailing them out? That's straight communism, nationalizing the auto industry. I mean, it was the template for what we're seeing right now, the Chinese stakeholder capitalism con uh, communism economy. It's a government-corporate co-op relationship, and it's a win-win for businesses and government because businesses mitigate the risk of failure. They get the government safety net while they advocate for regulations that they can withstand, but their competitors financially can't. And the government wins because they get to implement wildly unpopular policies that would never make it through the legislative process, nor hold up under executive order just because businesses enact them as private business policies. You know, capitalism is based on individual free trade of goods and services, and it should be just that. It should be preferred. It should be similar to how we prefer our government. Federalism, shop local, govern local. If the company gets big because of its success, well, hey, that's great. We, we want to encourage that, but we also want to encourage that they realize where they came from. You know, businesses that start with meager beginnings that succeed and grow, possibly engaging in foreign markets, should always be grateful that they started in a nation that had political stability, economic freedom. You don't knife your country in the back just for your bigger market share. And MLB signed a new deal with, with China, with a Chinese-based company for streaming. These companies are starting to reach into the Chinese and Iranian markets because they want the bigger clientele, the closed-off uh, customer base, and they're doing it at your expense. So keep that in mind. Be leery of these companies. We want to back the free market, but we also don't want to back it being weaponized against us. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. You can check out the podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker. Tune in. You can also check out the blog, adriansladeshow.com. Get the free Roku channel in your streaming store and donate. Anchor.fm slash adrianslade slash support. If you'd like to be on the show, call 1-929-GO-GO-USA. God bless. God bless.